momming today with Nancy Griffin with the Chicago Parents Collective. Three kids, two of them in Chicago schools, and they are closed. Nancy, how frustrated are you? <laughs> uh, beyond frustrated. Uh, I, on behalf of myself and all of the parents of Chicago Public Schools, this situation is an untenable situation. What exactly is going on? Here's the thing. I am so pro-teacher. My mother is a teacher. My brother is a teacher. My best friends are teachers. <laughs> I, I love our teachers. Why won't the teachers go back to work in the city of Chicago? So I love our teachers too. And I think that's a big, a big thing that I want to say out loud. I love our teachers. I think my kids' teachers are amazing. They're doing amazing, great things. And I think the situation last year with remote learning, the teachers did everything they possibly could to make that situation as workable as possible. And it didn't work. And we all know that. And I think that is where we are right now, which is that the teachers are saying they want to go remote and parents won't do it again because it, it didn't work. It was a failed experiment for all of our kids. And I, I think the teachers are amazing, but I think we need to be in person with our teachers. So, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Um, it's interesting. Most parents saw a year plus of remote learning and we've seen our kids deteriorate in so many ways because of it. And you have this standoff, this illegal strike, if you will, where you are in Chicago and the teachers are saying, well, we'll just go virtual again. And the mayor is saying, no, no, you're not. Um, what's So my question to you is twofold. What's better for the kids right now to learn on Zoom or to just not learn at all? So I will tell you what a, a vast majority of the parents that I've spoken with believe, which is that they will not be doing remote learning. They're, we're, not, we're not doing it because if we do it, then it sends a message to the, the teachers and the CTU that we're okay with remote learning. And it feels as though then any time there's a concern about anything, we can just shift to remote learning. And that is not an acceptable solution. These and kids need to be in person. They need to be with their friends. They need to learn social interaction. I have a, a son who's in second grade. This all started in kindergarten when we started with a strike and then a pandemic hit. So my second grader has yet to have a full year of consistent school. Can you describe what changes that you've noticed in him as a result of not having a normal school day? For yeah. So to, so to be completely transparent, I prefer not to speak specific about my child as much as the theme. So as you mentioned in my intro, uh, my husband and I co-founded the Chicago Parents Collective just about a year ago. And what we the reason we did that is we realized that Parents in the city of Chicago that have kids in, in the public school system do not have any sort of organizing body. We have our local school councils, which are dedicated to our schools. We have our PTAs, which are dedicated to our schools. So we know what's happening within our school, but there is no organization that knows what's happening across schools across the city. There are over 300,000 kids in the public school system 
So the families of over 300,000 kids, there's no coordinating body. The teachers union has a coordinating body that coordinates all their teachers. They coordinate all their actions. Parents don't have that. So we started our group in order to give parents an outlet across schools, across the city, so that we can work together and figure out what's happening and use each other as a resource, um, as a resource so that we can all work together for the betterment of all of the kids within the Chicago public school system. It's almost like your own political party. I, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's an independent parents group across the city. I don't want to say it's a political party in that we're doing this for our kids. We actually aren't doing it for any political reasons. We don't have, have any, any, anything in the political game as much as we want the best for the well-being of our children. How do we get our kids back on track? I mean, it's been it's been two years now, two plus years. I know micro schools are popping up. You know, some parents are pulling the kids from the public schools and putting them in private schools, Nancy. But you know what? At least in New York, the private schools are just as bad as the public schools with all the mandates. Yeah, I mean that's that's happening significantly in Chicago. Um, the public school system is down. I, I don't remember what the exact number is, but. I don't know, 10,000 kids this year, which is a huge drop. 100,000 kids. I'm sorry. I just don't remember what the number is, but it's, it's down a significant number of kids. And some is, is kids that just didn't come back. I think it's 100,000. And some are families that pulled their kids. And it's, it's sad. It's sad. It's terrible for our city. It's terrible for our public school system. So when you ask what we can do, I think what we're trying to do is get parent voice as a part of this conversation. Well, we, go I'm ahead. sorry, continue. No, just, I think that's, that's where parent frustration comes in as well, which is we want to have some say over what happens for our children and their education. And at this moment, the conversations are between a teacher's union and the city, and there is no parent representation in either of those. Who pays? The parents or the, the taxpayers who are funding all of this? That is correct. And, you know, you look at what happened in Virginia and a Republican won as governor of that state because he said just that parents have a voice. Now, that story is more tied to what the students are learning in school, the curriculum. Uh, but I think it's encompassing that in general, parents want to know that, A, their kids are provided for in school, in school, in-person learning. And that learning isn't based on um, the color of their skin, that they should be made to feel bad for it. So we're, yep. we're seeing parents rise up um, and these issues are conflating in a big way. I get frustrated. Uh, you know, my kids are in school, too, and they're wearing masks all day long. And right now I have no problem with them wearing a mask to school because they need to because there's a lot of virus going on and it keeps them safe. But you know what? In October, when there was virtually no covid cases where we lived, I didn't like the fact that my one child had plexiglass in front of her, was four feet apart from everybody aside uh, next to her in class and also had a mask on. I didn't like that in October because I didn't think it was necessary. So I, my question is, what's the off ramp for all of these policies that, yeah, we want schools open, but when they're open, we don't want the kids being treated like prisoners in the school. I, I mean, I think it's a very valid question. And to be honest, I don't, it, my husband and I talk about that question a lot because 
one of the things that the teachers union is fighting for right now is they want a, a general closing metric of when the infection rate is so bad in the city, when schools can close down. So they're still fighting to close down schools. I am with you in what is the opening metric? What is the metric when we are going to be able to get rid of the mask? What is the metric when we're going to be able to stop having the social distancing? I don't know the answer to that. I would love to have the conversation be going forward so that we know when some of these things will move in that direction. Unfortunately, in Chicago, we're, people aren't even fight. I laugh when, when we see news articles about fighting the masks. Nobody here is fighting the masks. Everybody is fine with the mask because we just want our kids in person. We're still fighting for in-person learning. We've set the bar so low. I have so much more to say. We're going to have more momming today right after this. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. We're back on We're Momming today with Nancy Griffin, the organizer of the Chicago Parents Collective, which is representing parents who want their kids in school. A voice to all those parents out there for hundreds of thousands of students that are just scratching their heads. Look, parents can't go to work if the kid's home from school. Whether they're home from school doing the remote thing or not, the parent has to be there. So the parents that you talk to, can you define how this has disrupted daily life, the fact that schools are closed? Well, they were closed for two weeks for the holidays. I have that right. Two-week closure for you? Uh, yes, two-week closure, yes. And now another full week for the most part because the so, teachers don't want to go into work. And just one point of clarity, because I think it's important to note, is we went back to school. We went back to school on Monday and Tuesday. Yep. So we have been closed since Wednesday. So there is a challenge to the fact that the teachers are saying that the concern or the teachers union, let me clarify, is saying that the concern is that people are going to bring back the infection from their vacations because they were in school with our children on Monday and Tuesday. (laughs) Was there, Nancy, was there, um, you know, uh, testing that was done that suggested there might be validity to that claim? that, okay, we tested this many students, this many teachers, this many staff, and yeah, there was a huge spike of cases on Monday So the, the interesting thing, and again, another point of frustration with parents, is our public health official, the head of our Department of Chicago Public Health, um, has gone on the record in every press conference we've had this week um, and stated that there is no increase in spread in the schools than there is in the general community. So no, there was no specific testing that sounded any alarms on Monday and Tuesday that that infection was worse. And overall, our kids have been in school for three months. There is no reason to believe that the spread is any worse in the schools than it is anywhere else. So where do we go from here? Because the kids are getting hurt in all of this. And, you know, I spin it really forward. I think of how we have to compete again, you know, in the STEM fields and, you know, with other countries and putting astronauts in outer space and building rockets and all the cool things that really smart American kids need to learn to do. 
we can't, we, we just, we can't do that with the tools that we have now, whether the schools are completely closed in your case, open for remote learning and others, or being masked and distanced and not really interacting with each other, which seems to be the new trend. I mean, you know, even if I know you just want the schools to open and your kids to be in class, but they're going to be in class, but it's such a cold environment. I just don't see how that's conducive to America. I mean, I think we really do. We genuinely need to start talking about what those steps are to move forward. What are those, what are, and I agree with you, and I think this is across the board, across the country. What are those metrics when it is safe to start taking the masks off? And because this is going to be around for years. There's no, there's no doubt that it's going away and maybe people will have to get vaccinated on an annual basis like they do the flu. But this is going to be around. So how do we live with it? And I agree with you, a manner that is much more tenable for children, for families, for community than we're at right now. And I think there's still a lot of fear out there. And those that want things to go a certain way are utilizing that fear and taking advantage of that fear. So if we can flip the conversation to it is going to be here, but Again, if vaccinations are up and people are getting vaccinated and it is taking on symptoms similar to the flu, that's not nearly as scary as when the hospitals were overrun. So I think, you know, the, pu- the push for vaccinations and under and helping understand what is happening right now so that we can get rid of some of the fear and really push the conversation to move forward as opposed to backward or staying where we are. Is there a vaccine mandate for students in Chicago? There is not. Um, there's not. We are approved. I think universally it's five plus is approved, um, which is our kindergarten kids and up. Um, there's no mandate. There is a vaccine mandate um, within the city for restaurants and gymnasium and gyms, uh, fitness centers, um, coffee shops. So you do frankly, any kids activities, um, any places that you're going indoors, if you are five plus, there is a vaccine mandate in the city, in the city of Chicago. You know, um, I'm very, I'm pro vaccination. Um, the, I, I struggle with the vaccination of children when they could still get the virus easily and they still have to wear the masks in school. So, we're talking about the way to reopen going forward. And, you know, I I don't think it's vaccination or the highway, or if you're going to mandate or highly encourage vaccination, I think there needs to be um, a reward for it. And in that case, it's like, okay, I'll vaccinate my kid. If you let them stay in school all the time, and not wear a mask. (laughs) Well, and I I only laugh because I, unfortunately, I just don't know that there's any way for us to know that it's, they're going to be in person all the time. Um, I think one of the challenges on and what I think I personally believe that every family will do what is right for them on, on the vaccine. Um, but what I will say about vaccinations is our teachers union delayed our reopening last year. We were supposed to reopen in February and they pushed and pushed and pushed. And we got delayed by six weeks for any child to be in person learning by six weeks so that they could get their members vaccinated. The big push was to get teachers vaccinated. They got pushed to the top of the line 
ahead of other frontline essential workers so they could get vaccinated. And we delayed our reopening by six weeks across 300,000 kids yep. so they could get vaccinated. And now 91% of staff in CPS schools is vaccinated. So whether, whether it's a mandate or not, that is a fact. They got bumped to the top of the line ahead of other essential workers, ahead of, you know, the grocery store workers who are working every day, ahead of the restaurant workers. They got pushed to the front of the line because they are essential workers. And, and now what do they want? They want more. So what, what are the schools like inside? I mean, are, is the ventilation system improved? Are, can we just give everybody a KN95 mask and call it a day? Like, what, what is the exact problem? I think I think that that. Was a question a lot of parents have um, because the public school system has spent over a hundred million dollars on those types of things, which is increased ventilation, um, increased sanitization, all of those things, um, which I think is helping the fact that there is such low spread within the schools. Um, so they've spent the money there. They've done all of that. Um, they, the, the, they have, uh, we had a health screener we were filling out every day before our kids went back that we, they said we didn't need to do anymore when we came back, but the CEO of CPS schools and the mayor are offering to bring that back. If that makes teachers feel better, they've ordered 200,000 95 masks for, um, teachers within the public school system. So I think it's those measures were, were the CEO and the mayor are trying to deliver on any additional concerns in that. And frankly, what um, the new CPS CEO is saying is, I think we need to handle school closure on a case-by-case -case basis. So if there is a particular school that the spread is really high and a lot of teachers are sick and under quarantine and, and kids are sick and under quarantine, we can close that school and switch it to remote if it makes sense by the numbers, but to shut down an entire school system of over 300,000 kids because there are a handful of schools that are having some really significant issues, one, it hurts all of the kids, and two, it doesn't allow them to focus on the schools that really need the help. It's maddening. Final question for you. When the kids do go back to class, what do you think the relationship with the teachers is going to be like for the parents? <laughs> um, I think it's going to, I think it's, it's going to take work. It's everything that is a conflict like this is going to take work. And I think that unlike what has happened historically in the past two years in the Chicago public school systems, even with reopening, that was a battle between the teachers union and the mayor and CPS. And it really was the teachers union fighting for their teachers, but it wasn't teacher specific. This feels much more teacher specific because the science and the health metrics um, are not showing what the teachers union is fighting for. They're not showing it's unsafe to be in schools. It's not showing increased spread of infection. It's not showing that. So the fact that the teachers voted to stay remote feels much more like it's on teachers this time than it has been historically. So to be honest, I don't know the answer, but I think there's going to be more tension with the teachers and the parents than there has been in recent years, which yeah, is unfortunate absolutely. because yeah. we love our teachers and we really do think they're doing essential work. And that's why this is such an unfortunate situation.
Yeah, and and all this this exact conversation is the biggest praise, the highest praise that you can give to teachers, saying we really need you. That's how 100%. good you are and how valuable you are. Uh, Nancy, thank you for the time. Best thank of you luck. very much. Appreciate it. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.